Lawmakers are working to renew federal aviation programs, hoping to beat a deadline of September 30th when the current funding expires. I'm CQ Transportation Editor Randy Willarius, sitting in today for Sean Zeller. Joining me on the Week Ahead podcast is Jacob Fischler, our transportation reporter who is following the progress of aviation legislation in Congress. The bill can deal with a lot of issues, including the regulation of drones and the treatment of airline passengers. But there's a bigger issue than usual on the agenda this year. Jacob, can you tell us about it? Yeah, of course. So House Transportation and Infrastructure Chairman Bill Schuster, uh, a Republican from Pennsylvania, he's again introduced a bill that would separate air traffic control from the FAA. Uh, Air traffic control is right now the biggest part of, of the FAA. And uh, this bill would create a a new nonprofit corporation that would oversee it instead. There are a few changes, but it's the the bill is quite similar to to a proposal Schuster made last year. And as he often likes to point out, it's an idea that's been kind of percolating in Washington for for a couple of decades. Why is Schuster trying to spin that operation off from the FAA? Well, there are a lot of reasons. You know, one, one of the things he likes to mention a lot is the uh, the technology and the technological overhaul program known as NextGen. The FAA has been uh, uh, stopping and starting a bit, um, delayed over budget, and uh, it's his view that that, that could be done uh, more efficiently, more cost-effectively by a, a private entity. Um, Schuster's also a close ally of the, the airlines, and uh, this is a, their top priority. NextGen is the new navigation technology that is supposed to enable planes to fly more direct routes. It would allow customers or passengers to spend less time taxiing or sitting on the ground. Uh, NextGen kind of refers to not not just the the satellite uh, navigation system, but it's a whole suite of technology upgrades. Who would control this entity that Schuster is trying to create? The corporation would be overseen by a board of directors made up of of stakeholders uh, throughout aviation. So three would be different kinds of airlines. One would be the kind of you know the the big passenger airlines. One, another would be uh, uh, shipping and freight airlines, and third would be uh, the regionals, uh, which are you know smaller airlines. Um, then you'd have manufacturers. Uh, there'd be representatives from the general aviation community, a couple appointees from the, the Secretary of Transportation, and then uh, the board altogether would, would choose two, I think it's two, at-large members who would then also select a CEO who would sit on the board. There was a lot of resistance last year to this idea and a lot of complaints that Schuster was basically trying to turn air traffic control over to the airline industry. Has he figured out a way to overcome that criticism? That remains to be seen. I think, uh, you know, that criticism is still out there. He has won over. I think the, the biggest get for him so far is, is Representative Sam Graves, a Republican from Missouri, kind of considered the voice of general aviation in Congress. Graves opposed the bill last year. He is on board and a, and a co-sponsor this year. But the Democrats are still out there. Uh, this has become kind of a, a really partisan issue in, in recent years and, and opposing it on the grounds that it's, it's a big giveaway to, to the airlines and to the private sector uh, of public goods. Yeah, so that, that criticism is definitely still out there. How much money does the air traffic control operation need and why doesn't Congress just approve the money? 
it's again kind of a moving target uh, if you're talking about next gen and that's kind of the focus of of the FAA and in, in getting their system up up to where it where it needs to be and where you know Schuster and the like would argue that uh, Canada's system for example is is kind of up to speed on on that kind of technology there have been different estimates there was a GAO a government accountability office uh, report last year that found that 7.4 billion dollars has already been spent on next gen uh, with an additional $13.2 billion needed to complete the overhaul. Um, and that's about uh, $2.6 billion more than was projected uh, about four years earlier. So you're seeing uh, moving deadlines and, and a moving target in terms of, of funding goals, which is uh, what Schuster and others would point to as, as one of the problems of NextGen. Does Schuster have any allies in Congress? You've, your reporting has shown plenty of resistance in the Senate and possibly the House as well. So there's definitely, definitely a lot of outspoken opponents out there, particularly in the Senate. That's going to be a really big hurdle. In the House, I think the path is definitely clearer this year than it was last year. Uh, I mentioned Sam Graves. I think Republican leadership in the House is a little more enthusiastic about the proposal. We saw House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy of, uh, of California actually at a White House event where President Donald Trump uh, endorsed the idea. Uh, Speaker Paul Ryan has has come out for it. When Schuster proposed this last year, it was uh, the last year of Obama's presidency, and uh, he was not uh, not a supporter. Now Schuster, who is an early backer of Donald Trump, has an ally in the White House, and that he thinks that that's going to be really important to get at least members of his own party on board. As you've reported, the Senate has its own aviation bill. There is no special treatment, no spin-off for the air traffic control in that bill. There are, however, a number of provisions having to do with the way the airlines treat customers and passengers and so on. Can you elaborate a little bit on the Senate bill and how it differs from the House bill? Yeah, of course. So, um, so like you mentioned, the biggest difference is its treatment of air traffic control. There's really no no provision in there, certainly no spin-off uh, or anything that drastic. In terms of, of kind of consumer protections, the uh, the United Airlines incident uh, earlier this year in May. It kind of was a big, big moment and, and there were hearings on both that sides of the That was the incident Capitol. in which, which a passenger was dragged off an airline forcefully. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. After he'd been seated. So kind of the... the, the the straightest direct line between that incident and uh, and these uh, aviation bills, both the House and the Senate include a provision that would prohibit airlines from removing a, a customer who's already boarded and seated. So that's kind of a direct response to um, to that United incident. On the Senate bill, uh, as you mentioned, there are, there are a few other items having to do with what they would call consumer protections. Uh, one would mandate the refund of fees for services that weren't provided. So, for example, you pay $35 or whatever to, to check a bag. They lose your bag. The airline has to immediately refund you for that. It's kind of common sense, things like that. Do lawmakers have any views or any thoughts on why we're seeing so many stories of these kinds of problems between airlines and passengers. We already discussed a passenger being dragged off. This week we had news of a woman who booked a seat for a child and then was told, I think by United Airlines as well, to hold the child in her lap so that they could give the seat to a second paying customer. What are congressmen saying about these kinds of 
stories. Right after the United incident, there was there were a couple of hearings in the House and the Senate where the airlines were kind of put on the spot in terms of their reputation with consumers. I think that one thing that really came out of that, especially from the Democratic side, was this idea of consolidation within the industry, that there isn't enough competition to, um, to kind of uh, hold their feet to the fire in terms of treating their, their, their customers uh, maybe as they should. One of my questions is what's at stake in this aviation bill for passengers mm-hmm. in the context of next gen and navigation and so on. We talked about spending less time taxing and so on. Obviously, any provisions that have to, that compel the airlines to treat passengers a certain way are going to be relevant. But I'm just wondering, are there other aspects of this or will passengers notice what uh, Congress does with this bill? Uh, That's a great question. I think, you know, definitely those of us who are uh, paying attention in Congress uh, would notice a lot of things. But some of the things that that the the aviation groups uh, like to talk about is a, a predictable, constant funding stream. Air traffic control is something that is exempt from a, a government shutdown, for example. But there are things, the airport improvement program, which is kind of a, a fund to pay for infrastructure and construction improvements at airports that supposedly sh- should make things smoother and uh, help capacity and traffic and things like that. If the, that money is flowing consistently, that is supposed to help kind of the entire the entire system. There's another set of people who might be affected by this legislation, and that's the ever-growing number of Americans who are buying and using drones, both for personal use and for business use. Are there provisions in the legislation to address drone regulation? Yeah, the um, the Senate actually has, I would say, a pretty robust uh, title on on drones. The House has a few things, but it's it's not quite as comprehensive. So there are things like allowing the the FAA administrator to to make more ex- exemptions to the current rules to allow things like uh, beyond line of sight uh, use. So basically, if you're operating a drone, you're only supposed to fly it now where you can see it. That would make impractical things like delivery by drone, where you would need to fly something beyond where you can see it. Um, so more exemptions for things like that. Um, there are some other some other provisions. Uh, the Senate would require a rulemaking by the FAA for micro drones of less than 4.4 pounds. So to kind of make that a special category, it would require an aeronautical knowledge and safety exam for anyone uh, 13 or over that wants to operate a drone. Also criminalizes, makes fines and prison time a possibility for, for people who use drones to interfere with, with manned aircraft or, or near a runway or and with time running short, with the deadline of September third coming thirtieth coming up fairly quickly, what's your best guess about how this plays out in the next two or three months? My guess would be, and this is to I'm to a degree speculating, but I would say that uh, with the, the Senate calendar is extremely packed. We know they want to try and do health care again. Democrats are are really dragging their feet and slowing down business in the Senate. And then there's this giant uh, schism between the Senate and the House on air traffic control. Um, there's really, n- in in my view, not a lot of appetite among senators to to really get behind the air traffic control spinoff. So that's a really big issue that, that they have to work out. So uh, my speculative guess would be that they have to do some kind of a short-term extension, whether it's a few weeks, a few months, uh, half a year or something, and then maybe try and, and take a crack at this uh, sometime next year. 
Jacob is going to be following this issue for CQ as it plays out. Thank you, Jacob Fischler. It's great to be here. My name is Randy Willarius, and I thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One.